All right, start us off, Graham. Okay, so do you know the origins of the word oxen-free? No, I do not. It's actually kind of interesting because people don't really know. Like, um, I'm having to, because I read it on Wikipedia. Um, yeah, like it could, it's, um, it could be from like a children's song. Like, all the oxen go free. All the oxen free. Um, uh, oh. Like, all the, all mean, the oxen heard, free. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, which could be from, um, like, a mistranslation of, like, a German phrase. Yeah, no, it's, um, all, all the outs in free. All the outs in free. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting when you think about the the nature of this game. That's a pretty big flub. Outs and oxen. Outs in and oxen. oxen. I guess yeah. it depends on your accent. Yeah, very true. Well, there's your fact of the day. Yeah. Where does the where does Fun the ollie, ollie come from? Um. Let's see. <laughs> ollie, it could be. It could be a corruption of a hypothetical and ungrammatical German phrase. Alle, alle, oxen free. So basically, the English just messed it all up. Or it could be, which which translates to also, all, all, also are free. Or it could just be, all the oxen are free. <laughs> Let's go with that one. <laughs> which is a bit of an issue. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the. I haven't flubbed it in a while. You've done pretty good. Yeah, hello everyone, and welcome to the Velvet Room Review. My name is Matthew, and I'm Graham. And today we're gonna be talking about Oxenfree. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a game from, I believe, 2016. Around there, it's um, Night School Studio. Yes, I believe it's the first release. I was just looking up their Wikipedia page. Yeah. Um. And Oxenfree is a narrative, uh, supernatural game. Yeah, with supernatural elements. That's uh, the gameplay is dialogue driven. Um, essentially, if I were to give a brief synopsis, is five teenagers end up on an island and are ha- not haunted. I wouldn't say haunted. They are sh- stalked sh- by ghosts. Basically, yeah. Hmm. Um, they yeah, show Graham, up an island uh, for a party, and it uh, kind of goes wrong. Yeah, um, Graham, what did you, this is your second time playing through Oxen Free, correct? Yeah. Okay, this is my first. Um, how how did you enjoy it, having already played it before? It's good. Like it, it's still a good game. It's got really good sharp writing and an interesting premise. Um, I felt like I understood the story a bit better this time, um, but like it didn't hit me in the same way because it's my second time playing. But it's still a, a good, solid game. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get to do the new game plus. I had to do the the first run of the game twice, essentially, mm. like once back then and once now. 
Yeah. Okay. How how did you find it? Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, to me, Oxenfree for the first playthrough is, um, it's a story about ghosts. Mm -hmm. Um, but after you beat the first playthrough, it really turns into something different. Um, particularly, I think in New Game Plus. Okay. Um, so, um, at least to me, it turned into something different. Um, so spoilers. If we can backtrack a few minutes, spoilers, by the way. Um, throughout the game in Oxenfree, you are constantly sort of like jumping through time. Um, and that's portrayed as like like classic VCR, like oh, the yeah. scribbly lines at the top of the screen, right? At the, the scratching rewind tape sound effect. Um, sometimes you are looping the same events over and over again. Sometimes you go way back in your past um, for with memories of your... Uh, deceased brother um but time does play a little bit of a factor um and i never really got the sense that like the ghosts that are haunting you necessarily like it was about time okay right because the the ghosts they're not really ghosts but we'll get to that later um the ghost's plan is essentially to keep you on the island as long as possible in order to possess you and have a physical form again. Yeah. Um, and so um, at the end of the game, you succeed, you get off the island in a, a d- couple of different options of ways. And at the very end of the epilogue, if you will, time loops back to the beginning of the game. Yes. And when you start a second playthrough... There are new dialogue options um, that Alex has to um, indicate that she knows something's different. Hmm. Um, as well, the ghosts um, have a different dialogue when they first interact with you, um, and they make um, they make reference to like infinite Alex's almost. Alex is the main character, um, and so. What I really liked about this game, it, from the story perspective, is what was that. At first, okay, they're ghosts. They're a little weird, but you don't really know if they're mean ghosts. Because I wouldn't call this a horror game. It's like a supernatural thriller. Yeah, there's nothing I, I would say that's scary about it, really. Um, but um, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I mean, there's some, like, so, flashing imagery of, like, some kind of... Creepy things. But not nothing, like... Five, it's not even, like, Five Nights at Freddy's or anything. No, no, no. There's no jump scares, I would say. No. Um, then, so, at, but as you progress through the story, you, you kind of get the sense that um, they are a bit more um, menacing or threatening to you. Um, and then... Again, you, you still kind of... I had the perception, okay, I'm, I'm dealing with ghosts here. Deceased people. Yeah. Um, but upon the second playthrough, I, I I got the perception of, like, it's it's not really a story necessarily about that. It's about this... It's a, it's the, the horror is that, she's, that you're stuck in the loop. Um, oh, okay. And that you can't get out of it, right? It, um, so that first playthrough is, like the first instance and then every other playthrough is a different timeline or a different reality 
And I thought that was a really interesting way to a give a narrative gameplay or a narrative game um, new meaning mm-hmm. in an additional playthrough. Because like you play Gone Home again or you play Edith Finch, and there isn't that sense uh, of necessarily new discovery or a new understanding of the game unless you really miss something important necessarily like you get the you get the same structure it's the same story but to me on the second playthrough the story's changed a bit and your understanding of what's happening is obviously changed quite a bit um and you're and the characters now are also reacting in totally different ways than they did originally which i thought was really interesting Mm. um the hard part for me was my second playthrough um there is an achievement where um, you are supposed to not say anything ever. Um, you're not supposed to make any dialogue choices. So that was my second playthrough. Um, and I wasn't really able to interact necessarily um, in those new dialogue options. That would have been a little frustrating. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm playing through a third time again to get that last achievement. And uh, and I'm doing all that now. Um, okay. But it, for me, like I'm a, like, I'm a science fiction nerd right so like to me like being stuck in a time loop is vastly more interesting than spooky ghosts Mm, okay so maybe that's why i enjoyed that reveal so much oh that's cool yeah um yeah so that's my long explanation of why i like the game um i think uh the voice actors did a great job and and um I don't know, the voice acting director, if that's what you'd call them. Mm-hmm. They did a great job of making the characters talk and speak like real people. Yeah. Um, there's lots of starts and stops and, you know, sentences that kind of change in the middle. Like, they start talking and they go, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know, I just, I'm sorry. I, I'm just, I'm sorry. Right. And they won't necessarily finish their thought. Um and I really appreciate that level of relatability because they feel like real people. Yeah. And even when you make dialogue options, like they're, I don't know, they're like options that seem realistic or like that you have, you struggle to express yourself even though you are the main character, which is something that normally, like that's not what happens. If you're the main character, you're kind of the omnipotent like if you're playing something like Fallout or and you've got dialogue options, you can you can directly change someone's mind. Um, I found it pretty neat that um, the the game offered you to have a way of like you could say things in a different way in a different tone and people would react differently. Mm-hmm. Or say like the same thing but just in a different way. Or gives you the option to like act scared or act uncertain or act angry or yeah Yeah. instead of like this always in control hero Mm -hmm. you know i thought it was just a a really interesting like a really kind of satisfying dialogue system yeah and, and and the game has this sort of relationship mechanic as well um which kind of ties into the ending um there are different endings that you get for different characters um and so it's i mean it's pretty subtle um Mm -hmm. i would say if you're playing for your first run through most people are going to get like 
good relationships with most of the characters um, unintentionally because there, there's not a lot of it's not it's not like Paragon Renegade right where you're like either a huge jerk or you're you know like you said that omnipotent hero um, so it's pretty subtle but it does have some uh, there is some um, weight to the dialogue choices that you make, the character choices that you make, whose side you take in arguments um, as well. So there's a little bit of, of consequence and weight to your actions. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I, um, yeah the game does, I don't know, it's just, it's a very well-polished game. Absolutely. Um, like, one thing I also love. About, oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. You, you go for it. It's brief. It's yeah. It's, it's not doesn't overstay its welcome. <laughs> That's exactly what I wrote. I said brief did not overstay welcome. Um, it is it is brief. Um, wor- the world, like the world traversal, isn't tedious. It's a little slow, um, but there's not. It's like it's not like a giant overworld. Um, so that's nice. Um, they did a very good job of kind of making things circular um, in regards to like different areas. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of different ways to approach an area. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, like, like you could beat this game in under four hours. I think that's, I think four hours is probably, that's the how long to be. I think that's probably um, pushing it a little bit. Um, depending on how much you want to do. Um, there are a couple of collectibles in the game. Um, mm-hmm. I collect them I collect them on my first playthrough. Um, and those are kind of, are there to polish, no, no, not polish, but build up the lore a little bit. Yeah, they're there if you want them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I like that the game stays relatively small in scope. Um, it's really only the five main characters um, that you ever interact with. Um, and then there is Michael, your deceased brother, um, who appears. Um, and then there, everybody else, all the other characters in the story are um, presented in, in uh, letters or through the the antagonist, the sunken, they're calling. Um, yeah. No, it's a very small cast. Mm-hmm. Um, which is good. Like it, it um, you you're introduced to most of the characters right off the bat, and it um, they all get time to kind of flesh it out, and even like on repeated playthroughs, you're able to. There's certain paths where points where you can choose where to who to take with you on this part of the story. So like um, on the first time I played, I took Jonas when we had to go down to um the antique shop but on this mm-hmm. time i took nona oh um, yeah that's cool yeah and you get to chat and just kind of learn a bit more about her um yeah no i appreciated that absolutely and that's that's a cool that's cool too because jonas is kind of like your sidekick throughout the entire game and um in that instance there's an option to take jonas nona or ren so three different characters um, in that little in that small section of the game, um, and one thing I, I appreciated a lot in my silent playthrough is the uh, 
the the way they really mapped out the dialogue. Because um, when you don't talk at all, obviously the characters are going to have to react to that in some manner. Yeah. Um, and they did a great, great job of constructing the dialogue in a way where mo- 50% of the time, I would say, they didn't need to address Alex not talking because it's Jonas and Ren talking to one another or vice versa or something like that. And the other 50% of the time, they would make some sort of comment in regards to Alex, Alex's silence. Yeah. Um, but that's, you know, in addition to the three dialogue options that they always, almost always include, there's this fourth option that, you know, most people aren't going to take unless they <laughs> mess up or are going for this trophy um, that they went ahead and mapped out anyways. So I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, there was one time where Jonas was asking, like, do you think I'm dumb? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I kind of accidentally timed it out. And he says, uh-huh. well, your silence speaks volumes. <laughs> poor Jonas. Yeah, the poor guy. I like Jonas. Did you know there's like... So you know that there's like multiple kind of endings to the mm-hmm. game in terms of like how things can work out? Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's one ending where you and Jonas stay as stepbrothers. There's one where this, this what I got the first time was Michael comes back, and then you and Jonas end up as just like friends. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. No. I. I think it's. It was just another neat little thing of how it showed how you could influence a game. Yeah, I think it would have been really cool if if Michael had come back to life in one of your playthroughs if he had like Ooh. appeared in the new game plus that would have been interesting you get off the boat it's michael and not jonas for some yeah. reason yeah i think that would have been really cool but that's essentially doing the same game all over again kind of i could see why they didn't do it but i think it would be cool to do it so yeah yeah um yeah and it, like so the the sunken the antagonist of the game um they are the game kind of portrays them as ghosts but um they're not really ghosts essentially um they are crew members of a submarine from like the 50s that was accidentally destroyed by friendly fire um near the base that this island where the setting of the game is yeah and um it's stated in one of the collectible letters that um this uh experimental nuclear reactor kind of sent them to a um a, a pocket dimension almost oh and okay yes and so alex um throughout the game has this radio that she uses um that is tuning into this dimension and kind of like opening these rifts with the sunken um and so it's interesting because because there's quite a bit of information in the letters, like um, how the sunken have they they kind of describe them have, of having like the intellect of a child, or like the logical and empathetical understanding of a child, and that's why they play games with you, okay. right? That's why they speak in kind of shorter sentences, um, and uh, I mean it's it's like they're not really them anymore, and that's why I find it interesting that they kind of make them sound more like ghosts because like a ghost is like to me is like 
you know, it's me as a ghost. <laughs> um, but the sunken are like, are it's more like... It's like a legion. Yes, exactly. That's a great way to put it. It's like this um, amalgamation of consciousness into one entity looking for for new life. Yeah. And it's um, and they say to Alex, um, what they want is just time. You know, they want more time because they didn't they didn't get their time, which I thought was interesting because they are stuck in this time loop. Hmm. Right. And so they they have infinite time almost in a sense. Um, so I, yeah. I thought they were a, a pretty interesting antagonist um, in regards to how they interact with you. Um, they kind of messed with you, but they never harmed you, really. They they made it seem like they harmed a number of your friends, like yes. Clarissa. Mm-hmm. And, and and to me, that that gave me the sense of like. They, they don't really have full control. Um, you know? Like, they don't have the power to actually harm you. Mm. Yet. Yet, right? Um, near the yeah, end of the game... Yeah, they could, they could have, like, used one of the party to, like, injure another one. Exactly. Um, and, and, like, near the, the end of the game, as you're kind of, like, setting up the final confrontation... The, they approach you with this this compromise, um, right? And at, at this point, Jonas and Alex are kind of wondering, like, is, is there really any point in fighting back? Or, like, are we just kind of screwed here? Um, and they approach you with this compromise of, like, all right, we'll let you go, the four of you go, but we're going to keep one of you. And just and she's ours. And just to make it easy for everybody, you go, we keep her. Mm-hmm. And they and Al, you kind of have the opportunity to say like, well, you wouldn't be giving us a compromise if you're not afraid of us. Yeah. And then they kind of they kind of try and walk it back like, ah, we don't really need to do this. We're just gonna do this. Um, and I thought that's interesting as well because it, it again kind of reinforces that they're not like this all powerful entity. No, they can kind of mess with the party, but they can't. They can't seem to directly do harm yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the the final confrontation, um, Alex realizes that the only way to stop them is to enter their dimension and then seal the opening from their end. Yeah. Um, and at that point, you have two options, uh, or three if you got all the collectibles. The collectible option is kind of like you convince them to stop. Oh, really? Uh, uh, according to Wikipedia, yeah. On my first playthrough, I got all the collectibles, but missed having that discussion oh. with them, um, which is unfortunate. But according to Wikipedia, you talk them down, and they kind of let you go, or agree to let you go. Um, the the bad option, I'll call it, is um, giving them Clarissa, and then just leaving. Mm-hmm. And Clarissa... Clarissa ends up being kind of like erased from time almost. Hmm. Um, and then the correct option is um, you seal the rift. The The thing I'm not, I'm not certain of, and this is my theory, Graham. Okay. The, the, the concept is that if you seal the rift, um, you die, essentially. You're trapped on the other side. And I, okay. my my proposition is that 
every new game plus after that is actually that that when you wake up um on the boat you're not really waking up on the boat you're you're in the rift you're in the rift still hmm that would be my proposition because i don't i don't understand they they don't they kind of gloss over it, right it's it's clear to alex at least in my mind that what she's going to do is basically sacrificing herself yeah so i don't know there's nothing to clarify that but that's the con- that's the perception i got that when you went into the rift and closed it you now uh, you now are stuck with the sunken and are just repeating this this moment over and over again in a sense that would make the michael ending make more sense mhm very true very true cuz it's it kind of like it's um you you wake up on the ship and michael's there and people are just normal with it like yeah, no they, one really they don't even yeah so it um that would make sense if it was still in the time loop i guess the only i guess the only thing that disproves my theory is that if you um leave clarissa behind this loops all over again so i guess that kind of disproves it but yeah or or it could just be like because it's stuck in the loop like you don't actually leave yeah very true yeah so i guess in a sense like and and then there is um a way to kind of stop the loop in subsequent playthroughs you can kind of send messages to to yourself in the past mm-hmm. um and then there's this extra scene in this at the end of the second playthrough um where like depending on the message you send you can decide not to go to the island hmm so um that's kind of neat um another thing i really liked about new game plus is like um you would experience time skips and loops or like those flashes of images um in areas where you didn't experience them in the first playthrough okay and actually like in time saving manners too like in the wood section pretty much as you enter it just time loops you to the end of it so you don't have to kind of climb through everything again that's actually kind of convenient i was like thank you (laughs) it was wonderful so yeah yeah um graham would you say you had any any criticisms of the game um just before we get to that i want to one more positive for sure um what did you think of the multiplayer feature or like the uh, infinite Alex, I guess. Um, Where other players give you the, tell you what to do. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. So, um, oh. so, you know, whenever you were in the mirror, right. And um, there was like the, the dialogue box options came up and you weren't able to choose them. Right. That like those were other players telling you what to do. That's very interesting. I I had assumed that that was gonna that was me talking to my next playthrough. But now that you mentioned that, I remember like the the text above their head is like different usernames. Yeah, that's really neat. I like that. Yeah, no, it was. And then like right near the end of the game, you're able to send messages mm-hmm. um, at those points. And so you actually get to make the dialogue choices for someone else. That's pretty cool. I have to admit. Yeah. Um, in terms of criticisms, I think the game struggles a little bit at the beginning 
if it's got too much to say and not enough ground to cover to say it. Um, like I know. You mean physical ground? Yeah. Graham, we are so in tune. That's my point right here. (laughs) Yeah, because like on the first screen, like the first going up to the beach, there's like three different things that can happen. Like you can talk with Jonas or you can not talk with Jonas. And then you're chatting all the way to the top. And then there's the dumpster, which you're supposed to move so you can get over the fence. But there's like a full minute or two of extra dialogue that just doesn't happen if you go and hit the dumpster button. Yeah, you have to just sit and wait. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That that was one of my uh, negatives as well, is that I found even beyond the intro, you were constantly kind of cutting off dialogue to or having to wait to traverse until the dialogue has finished yeah um another one i have here is that alex would often interrupt somebody's dialogue to reply um so like Mm -hmm. i find myself waiting till almost the very end of the dialogue line to then make a selection because if you make a selection prior to that she cuts them off Um, yeah there's there's a couple things actually to get around that um, if you hold down the button of the dialog box, it'll stay up. Like it, um, it'll until you release it, it'll um, it'll let them keep going. Oh. But you you basically like locked in your answer. Good to know. Good to know. I'm writing that down. And then the other one was I just turned subtitles on. I did have subtitles on too. Um, but yeah, those two like issues I found were kind of like compounding each other, right? Of like I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was getting the full experience because either I was sitting and waiting um, to move or to make a response. So I think just yeah. a little work on like the 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 pacing there, I guess. I I was I was reading on the Wikipedia page that they had kind of like developed the game and just put in the subtitles. Um, before actually recording the dialogue. Um, okay. So, uh, which I th- which I think is maybe a cause of the problem because they ended up maybe. <laughs> you can read faster than you speak. Speak, and so you think, oh, this will work fine, um, or like the dialogue that they had in those moments was a lot less lesser than what actually was eventually recorded, and then they, you know, you can't necessarily go back and add. 20% extra map or whatever, right? Um, yeah. So, but, um, again, it's not like the end of the world, but it was that, that one little, like, oh, that's a little frustrating. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but all in all, like, um, a really, really solid um, title, I think. Um, and after, like, a, like, a couple months of, like, <laughs> 20... 30 40 hour games or even like a 10 hour game it's nice to have a a three to four hour experience that that um i've now i'm now in my third playthrough and and still um kind of enjoying it so that's good yeah and easy trophies which i like that's always nice (laughs) nothing frustrating you don't need a hundred hours collect like collecting every collectible in this game is not like I don't know, a Ubisoft game. No, no. They, um, yeah, I would probably say it would take you maybe half an hour. They don't let you start collecting the collectibles 
or some of the collectibles until about I would say this three quarters last third the last third of the game yeah um but you have to kind of like retrace your steps anyhow so you only are you're only going out of your way for a couple of them maybe half of them um yeah which is fine so yeah it, it i guess another it comment would be for those times where i'm just walking around with jonas there's never any like optional dialogue um or additional dialogue that's not necessarily related to what's happening at that moment um so that made like the the times we were getting the collectibles kind of like bland there's no talking going on at all type thing yeah or so. if you get lost like i i can remember in my first playthrough getting a little lost a little turned around about where i was supposed to go that's totally fair yeah so I traveled all the way across like certain areas and it takes a while to traverse the areas and there wasn't any dialogue or anything. So oh. I was getting a little frustrated. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was playing earlier today and um, I went to get Clarissa first instead of Ren. And so I got her and was, okay, I have to go back and get Ren now. And they start you kind of at the lower end of the outpost. And I thought, well, if I go up and around... I can get run that way rather than going through yeah. the woods again. I walk all the but way it's up. it's locked. It's locked. So I said, well, I'm just going to turn off my PlayStation. Because <laughs> it would be faster for me to restart the game than to walk back down. Oh. That's <laughs> but, unfortunate. Yeah, well. It, it was three minutes of my life, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, would you recommend this game? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I yeah. think you can get it for less than 10 bucks these days, right? Yeah, typically. Yeah. And they've got a new game coming out at some point. Um, I'm not sure if it's this year or next. Wikipedia said this year. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, I think they're I think they're one of those studios to keep an eye on. Um, yeah. For sure. So. Yeah. Do you know what you would rate it? Let me think about this one. Okay. Do you, do you know what you would rate it? I'm thinking probably like a Yukiko. Oh, that, Graham? Graham. Is that what you were thinking? Yes, it was. <laughs> I'm like, who does this remind me of? It reminds me of Yukiko. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's definitely... Man, we're on... That's the third time tonight where we like had the exact same thought. We should start a podcast or something. What if you're an Alex and I'm an Alex in a different time loop? Who knows? It's true. Yeah. Can you? Who can? Who can disprove it? That's true. No one. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say Yukiko definitely. Like, I don't know. There's a sense of like. Um, I don't know why she fits this game so well. Or maybe she know. just fits it better than the others. Yeah. Like it's a little bit. Like I don't know how to describe it. Let me put it this way. I was hesitant to say Yukiko because it's, it's not like I would take this game out for Christmas, you know. But but I might spend a weekend with it, you know. I might spend my Saturday afternoon with it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that with GA. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So Yukiko, yeah. it is. Yeah, we'll go with that. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Any final so, comments? No, I think just would recommend. Um, we've got one more semi-spooky game coming out this month. Yeah, we kind of did that unintentionally, really. I, I, I did it a little bit intentionally. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I had I had no idea what Oxenfree was before I um. Uh, before I began to play it, um, and so uh, yeah, it was it's it's nice having that type of like ignorance when you're entering into a narrative game, Definitely. or any game really, um, for sure. Um, so, and that's and that's really hard to do these days, especially for the really popular ones. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you want to reveal what our next topic will be? Yeah, so the next game that we are doing a review of is Diablo 3, specifically the Ultimate Evil Edition for the PS4. So, um, yeah, we've been playing the multiplayer for on and off for like a month. And a bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is this the first game we've co-opted? Well, we did Bloodborne. Oh, that's true. We did. Oh, man, Bloodborne. Great game. Great game. Great game. You, should, you should play that this holiday season. <laughs> By holiday yeah. Halloween. Yeah, not um yeah. Bloodborne, great great game to play with the kids on Christmas. <laughs> Everyone sit next to the fire, open up the cocoa and and, and take on Father Gascoigne. Yeah. Yeah, family bonding. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah, so um it's my first Diablo game. Um it's it's my first yeah. Diablo game. Oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah, and I... I mean, I guess we'll save our thoughts for the podcast. Yeah. So you'll have to tune in to figure out if we loved it or if we hated it. You know? Yeah. If it's a, if it's a kanji or if it's a fox. Yeah. Man, we haven't, we haven't played a fox in a while, have we? No, which, you know, I'm okay with that. <laughs> Sometimes you need a good fox to... It does make you appreciate. Yeah. Although typically, if it's if it's a fox, it it's a harder time to end up on our list. That's that's yeah, that's true. But yeah. Typically, are the foxes are going to be like the indie games that that kind of look a little intriguing. Yeah. Like a drift. A drift was a fox, or or um. Rift. Rhyme. 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 Rhyme was a fox to me, but you know, you take a chance and uh, you see what happens. So yeah, yeah. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Um, if you like the podcast, please let us know. Uh, shoot us a message over at Facebook or uh, Instagram or Twitter. Um, our socials there. Um, leave us a review where we get your podcast if that's an option. Um, subscribing is a great way to keep in touch with us. We release episodes. Um, pretty much every other monday um that's the goal sometimes life gets in the way but uh eventually you'll hear from us <laughs> and um if you do like this show please tell your friends oh um, and send us in game suggestions yeah well yeah. until next time graham yeah talk to you later yeah um i'm trying to think of a ghost pun ghost um uh puns on demand or or fleeting yeah i'm really drowning with this uh this pun here okay make sure to subscribe (laughs) grab you're so good
Alright, good night, everybody. Bye. Okay, so do you know the origins of the word oxen free? No, I do not. It's actually kind of interesting because people don't really know. Like, um, well, I'm having to, because I read it on Wikipedia. Um, yeah, like it could, it's, um, it could be from like a children's song, like all the oxen go free, all the oxen free. Um, uh, oh, like all the all the oxen heard, free. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, which could be from um, like a mistranslation of like a German phrase.